This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. We are back. We're back, baby. It's been way, way too long, and it feels good to be on the pod talking to you guys about these college football prospects, talking about what they're going to look like at the next level, the future college football stars of tomorrow. It's There's been a lot that's happened since I've been behind the mic, and that was December the 8th. The episode came out December the 9th. And a lot has gone on in the college and NFL landscape. We have senior bowl invitations that went out and have been accepted. Bowl games are underway. We got to see Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields last weekend. How fantastic of a matchup was that with two of the top quarterback prospects in the 2021 class, two future NFL studs dueling it out. Trevor Lawrence, big, big time guts, big time balls to pull out that three-minute drive and get Clemson the win. Justin Fields, he looked good. Chris Olave ran the wrong route, but I mean, both of these kids look like future studs. We've had NFL draft declarations, people going, people staying. Today, on December the 30th, Florida State wide receiver Tamarion Terry said he's coming back for another season, which bodes well for him and improves upon an already awesome, fantastic-looking 2021 class of wide receiver prospects. You're talking about Ross, Moore, Bateman, Waddle, Williams, St. Brown. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. And, oh, yeah, some guy from LSU named Jamar Chase who won the Bolitnikoff Award as the nation's top wide receiver. The analytics versus film debate is already heating up on Twitter. Analytics is the way. Film is the way. Blah, blah, blah. Use it all. Use it all to create a total and complete package to 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 have the best sound information possible to make a good decision on a player that you want to draft to manage on your fantasy rosters. There's the NFL, right? Week 17 just finished up. 
NFL studs, some people that came out of nowhere to shine, some players that have disappointed, some potential landing spots have become more clear, you know, based off of veteran performance, based off of retirement, based off of coaching situation. But all of that has happened since I last talked to you. And oh yeah, the most impressive thing that I've seen, the most impressive thing that I've seen over the past couple of weeks being off the mic is Joe Burrow. Just fantastic, just uh, fantastic isn't even a word to describe what he did to Oklahoma. And as bad as that Oklahoma Sooners defense is, as bad as they rank nationally, and as pathetic of a showing that they had last weekend, they are still a Division I Power 5 football team. And Joe Burrow made them look like 3A high school kids playing in Wyoming. And that's no disrespect to you listeners from the great state of Wyoming. But what he did was just surgical. Eight, not one, not two, three, four, five, or six or seven. He had eight touchdowns in that game. Eight. Eight touchdowns in a Division I football game in the college football playoff against the number four ranked team in the country. I mean, it's just, he had four freaking touchdown passes to Justin Jefferson in the first half. I think he had five total in the first half. It's just, he's good. (laughs) He's really good. And I don't think I've ever seen any type of rise, meteoric type rise out of a player like we've seen from Joe Burrow. This is historic. This is all-time seasonal great stuff that we get to see one more game of Joe Burrow. Can he hit 60 touchdown passes in the season? He might. He might. LSU takes on Clemson for the national championship. Burrow's got 55 touchdowns on the season. Can he get to 60? Maybe. I think there's a, I mean, hell, it's a 50-50 shot. I mean, he very well may do it. And he's good, and he's going to look good with that Cincinnati Bengals team next year. And I know a lot of people are worried about the organizational structure, the stability from inside. But when you've got pieces like Joe Mixon, like Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green keeps saying he wants to be back. Tyler Eifert looked like he was, you know, capable tight end, pro- tight end player this season. John Ross is still young and talented. Aiden Tate is young and talented. Jonah Williams, Billy Price. I mean, there's something there. It is not a desolate wasteland of offensive talent. And you get a signal caller in there like Joe Burrow who can move in the pocket who can deliver accurate passes, who's got that leadership capability. I mean, the the arrow is pointed up on all those Cincinnati Bengals, and the arrow is definitely pointed up on Joe Burrow. But there is so much to talk about, and we are not even going to come close to getting into all of that today. We're not going to scratch the surface. We're not going to get close, but you know what? We've got time. We have a lot of time between now and the Combine, now in pro days, in the NFL draft, in minicamp, and training camp, and rookie drafts, and Debbie drafts. We're going to take it slow. We are going to take it slow. I want to wine you. I want to dine you. I want to walk you to your car, open the door for you. I want you to feel my eyes. Locking in with yours right now through the radio. I want to tap you on your shoulder and whisper in your ear. 
I want to caress your back as you grind that sweet, sweet film. We don't got to rush. We do not have to rush. We can take our time. All right? <laughs> okay, we can take our time. You get the point. We got a lot of time to digest, to discuss, to process all of the information available to us to make sure you're not only prepared for your rookie drafts in May, but most importantly, you're prepared for your Debbie drafts and your depleted rookie drafts, which is ever so important because we don't really talk about that a lot. Depleted rookie drafts. What does that look like? And those of you who have held on to those depleted 2021st and second round picks, you are in for a treat because there are some talented, talented prospects that you will be acquiring. And I... I, for one, uh, wish I had more of my depleted 2020 rookie draft picks because it's it's going to be special. There are some really good players that you're going to be able to acquire. And I'm going to have guests on. I've got some really, really good people I'm bringing on the show to talk Debbie with you. So just stay tuned. There's a lot of information that we are going to digest and process, but we're going to take it slow. Some of the earlier DDP episodes we did Player breakdowns, Cam Akers versus Travis Etienne, Jerry Judy versus CeeDee Lamb. We're bringing that back to talk about how these players fared in 2019 and what to expect moving forward from them from a dynasty perspective, how they performed behind their offensive lines. What did their market share look like uh, regardless of the quarterback situation, regardless of those end of the season stats? I know Jalen Rager didn't perform like we thought he would, but was he still receiving the lion's share of the targets? Was he still the leader in the market share uh, of reception volume in that offense? That's what's important, right? That age-adjusted production. That's something that I've really gravitated to over the past couple of weeks. And I just attached a fancy name to it, but I want to make sure that these players are producing early. And there are some outliers who don't produce until later in their careers. And we'll talk about a couple of those today. Now, I know I said that I was done with 2020. I'm done. I'm moving on to 2021, 2022, 2023, which is true, but I'm not going to abandon 2020. I know you guys listen for a lot of the rookie draft content, and I want to make sure you're prepared. So with that being said, I'm going to give you a few players you need to be monitoring closely during this pre-draft process for your 2020 rookie drafts. And I'm going to start out with the University of Texas wide receiver Devin DuVernay. Now, DuVernay is a slot Wide receiver that has the versatility and flexibility to play outside, but I believe he's going to make his hay inside. Speed, speed, speed. That is the name of the game with Devin DuVernay. Not only is he blazing fast, he's a very physical wide receiver. If you just want to see a game where he kind of puts everything on display, go look up his game versus LSU. And he made All-American Thorpe Award-winning defensive back Grant Telpit. Looks silly multiple times in that contest, but he is he's expected to run sub 4-4. He's going to run probably mid to low 4-3 in the 40-yard dash. He's 5'10", 210 pounds, so he's that thicker built, you know, running back slot receiver. <coughs> he's fast and he's physical, and he is somebody that I believe has second-round draft capability, uh, and he is somebody that I believe will be drafted in the top two rounds of the NFL draft. And with that draft capital, that dynamic, explosive speed and playmaking ability, I mean, he's somebody that you're going to want to draft in your dynasty rookie drafts and somebody that you'll be able to acquire after pick 12. You know, for a lot of us, the top 12 picks are pretty much chalky. Now, depending on the order that you have them, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. It's going to be 
LaVisca Chenault, Jerry Judy for the most part. You've got your running backs, but after pick 12 is where things start to get a little confusing, especially depending on the format you're playing in. But Devin DuVernay is somebody that you are going to want to watch. Now, one of the knocks against him will be his age-adjusted production. He really didn't do anything up until his senior year. Freshman and sophomore year, non-existent, had 500 yards last year. And for those who look at breakout age and dominator rating, he did not produce early. He's a late bloomer, but there are always outliers. And when you catch over 100 passes for, you know, over 1,200 yards in a Power 5 conference, I'll give you a little bit of grace for not producing, you know. And in the University of Texas, their offensive situation, they've got a running back at quarterback. I know Sam Ellinger threw for a whole bunch of passing yards this season, but he is not a prolific passer. So he's going to one read. If his read isn't there, he's moving on to run the ball. Devin DuVernay was a product of this flawed offensive situation, this flawed offensive scheme, but he is not devoid of talent. Context matters. Watch the tape. Speed, playmaking ability, route running, physical. He's somebody that I will be targeting in Dynasty rookie drafts and somebody that you'll be able to get probably after pick 20. So just continue to monitor the name Devin DuVernay throughout the process. Another another name that's a little less known um, college football purists and enthusiasts definitely know the name because he's been so freaking dynamic over the past couple of years, but it's it's Lynn Bowden Jr., the quarterback, running back, wide receiver from the University of Kentucky, who did declare for the NFL draft. Now, he's just a dynamic athlete. He's a Swiss Army knife, rushing and receiving capabilities. He was a wide receiver last year that showed actually pretty well, had a really good season catching the ball. This season, because of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, he moved to this quarterback, running back type position and just completely tore it up and won the Paul Horning Award as the most versatile player in the nation. Now, some of the previous winners in the Paul Horning Award, Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Jabril Peppers. I mean, so he's within Rondell Moore as well. So he's in good company as far as just explosive playmaking weapons. Now, he is not a refined route runner yet. He's not a true wide receiver. But if you think back to Randall Cobb when he was at the University of Kentucky, he was a Swiss Army knife as well. I think landing spot and draft capital are going to be really crucial and critical for a player like Lynn Bowden Jr. But with his size, he's 200 pounds, six foot one, he can develop and be a competent wide receiver at the next level and somebody that I think you can get third, maybe even fourth round of your dynasty rookie draft. So Lynn Bowden Jr., keep that name on your radar. Now, this next player that I'm talking about, I mentioned him briefly a few minutes ago, but he absolutely destroyed Oklahoma in the first round of the college football playoffs in the semifinal, and that's Justin Jefferson. For all the acclaim that Joe Burrow gets and Jamar Chase gets and Clyde Edwards-Elair gets, deservingly so, Justin Jefferson's production numbers are right there with Jamar Chase, who won the Blitnikoff Award as the nation's best receiver. He's got over 1,400 receiving yards, over 100 receptions, and 18 touchdowns on the season as a junior. And he flashed as a sophomore, so that age-adjusted production, he had it. As a sophomore, over 50 receptions, 800 yards. Right now, most have him outside of their top 10 wide receiver prospects in the 2020 class. I legitimately, legitimately can see a way he's a top five wide receiver when it's all said and done. 
that he's a tier one wide receiver prospect in the 2020 class. And if we were drafting right now, maybe because he had such a monstrous game against Oklahoma, he would sneak into the first round. But I'd venture to say that he's somebody that's going outside the top 12 picks, and he probably shouldn't. He is a he is always open. He's always always open. I've said that he is a discount version of Jerry Judy, and that's no slight to Justin Jefferson. That's because he is such a refined and fantastic route runner that you can get for a fraction of the cost you can with Jerry Judy. There's no way, regardless of what you think about Jerry Judy, nine out of 10 dynasty rookie drafts, he is not falling outside the top, let's just say six picks. It's not happening. Justin Jefferson is not going inside the top six, but if you can get a talented player who I believe has worked his way into top 32 consideration in the NFL draft, if not top 40, he's a top 40 player. Lock it in. I said it here. He's going to be a top 40 pick. With that draft capital, with that size at 6'2", 6'3", speed, route running ability, production, he's somebody that you need to just monitor closely. Listen to what teams and, and scouts are saying about Justin Jefferson because he could be a value bargain player who's going to produce right away at the next level. Another guy to keep an eye on who is sort of like a forgotten man in this draft class is wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina who had some of the most ridiculous age-adjusted production stats we've ever seen with a breakout age when he was 17 freaking years old. 17, and I believe he was seven or eight months. Uh, he, he broke out an offense that did not have a very good passer that had Debo Samuel on the outside. He's an age-adjusted production monster. Brian Edwards is a fantastic wide receiver prospect who I, I, you just... <laughs> Right now, again, outside of the top 10 for most, and why? Why is that? Well, one, one of the knocks against him is he's never had over 1,000 receiving yards in a season. Two, why did he stay until his senior year? Most guys, if they're that good, they're gone as juniors. They're gone as redshirt sophomores. Why did Brian Edwards stay until his senior season? I don't know the answer to that question. Don't know. Maybe he wanted to come back to be the man without Debo Samuel. I do not know. What I do know is Brian Edwards is super talented. He is a fantastic body control. Outside of C.D. Lamb, I'd say Brian Edwards has the best body control in this draft class. And if he tests well, which I think he's going to test a lot better than people think, he is quite quick off the line to be as big as he is. He's another one of those guys going outside the top 12 that you might be able to sneak at the top of the second, mid-second round of your rookie drafts and be very, very happy about. He just looks like a pro-ready wide receiver. Now, the last two guys I'm going to talk about are names that we've all known. They're, most of them are in our top five running backs for the 2020 class, but I'm talking about them for different reasons. Cam Akers and Travis Etienne. Now, Cam Akers is somebody that I truly believe if he were to land with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the Kansas City Chiefs, with the Indianapolis Colts, the hell with DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. I'm taking Cam Akers as my RB1 in 2020. He is that talented. I know he is a very polarizing figure. One of the highest rated recruits in 2017, rushed 4,000 yards at Florida State as a true freshman. And then in 2018-ish hit the fan, and I think he had less than 800 rushing yards you know, 4.1 yards a carry or whatever it was. He just didn't look good. But his offensive line, I, I mean, 
when I tell you it is bad, it was bad, it is bad, it's horrible, it was horrible, it still is horrible, it is not hyperbole, it is not exaggeration, that offensive line was terrible, terrible. And I posted a couple of videos on Twitter where as soon as the quarterback hiked the ball, there are three, four defenders in the backfield. I mean, it's I felt really bad for Cam Akers, but then I was also very impressed to see that he rushed for over 1,000 yards again behind that same horrendous offensive line. Over 60 receptions in his career, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and I believe he's the most physical running back in pass protection out of everybody in this draft class. He is an absolute stalwart in that department. He will pick up the blitz. He will stick his nose in there. He will block. He will lay the boom. He's a fantastic receiver out of the backfield, still working on some things as a runner, especially between the tackles. Needs to get a little more efficient with his running, but he's got some of the quickest feet in this draft class. And he is just, as far as a talent standpoint, just what I believe he's going to test like, how I believe he's going to look in his agility drills, he may be the most physically gifted runner in this class. And if he lands in a situation like the ones that I mentioned, he's RB1. And I, and I, and, and it's not because I'm going against what I believe DeAndre Swift is. I just don't see that big a gap from a talent perspective from Swift and Cam Akers. I just don't. I do not see that big of a gap. Cam Akers is more physical than DeAndre Swift. Swift is a better, you know, all-around receiver out of the backfield, maybe a little more agile than Cam Akers, but he's no slouch. He's right there. So just monitor what the what the feelings are on Cam Akers throughout this pre-draft process. The combine is going to be huge for that kid. His pro day, the interviews, I believe that we start to see more and more Cam Akers buzz as time goes on. Now, Clemson's running back, Travis Etienne, who just completely smashed against Ohio State in the receiving game of all things, he's another one of those polarizing running backs because his production is just, I mean, what he's done in three years at Clemson with minimal touches is just unreal. And up until uh, right before the semifinal game against Ohio State, he had 1,500 rushing yards on the dot. Another 17 rushing touchdowns, sub 200 carries, and he only touched the ball, get this, touched the ball seven times in the fourth quarter in 2019. Seven times in the fourth quarter in 2019, and he put up 1,500 yards, averaged over eight yards a carry. And let me tell you, for everything that he lacks in physicality, for everything that he lacks in lateral agility, he more than makes up for it in acceleration and burst. I have only seen a few players who have as much 0 to 60 juice as Travis Etienne. And, I, and I'm really trying to think. You got Tyreek Hill, Chris Johnson, early Deshaun Jackson, Jamal Charles. That may be it just as far as from 0 to – I mean, he gets to top-end speed very very fast, and it was illustrated against Clemson. What he does, he does it at an elite level, and that is run very, very fast, and he does have fantastic contact balance, but there are some who do not believe he is a true three-down back, that he is a workhorse back. He's somebody that you want to give the ball to 18 to 25 times a game. I don't believe you want to do that. I don't believe you want to do that, but then again, my opinion means absolutely nothing for an NFL franchise. But it does mean something to you because you listen to this podcast for fantasy football advice. And if you're telling me now that he'll be used in an Alvin Kamara type role, sign me up. Travis Etienne, top five pick. 
But if you're telling me that he's only going to be on the field, third downs, change of pace back, maybe five or six carries a game, they throw it to him a couple of times and hopefully he breaks something. I'm not I'm not investing that high of rookie draft capital in ETN. So he's another player that you just want to monitor. I know he's a consensus top three, top four, at least top five running back for most. But I would just I would be flexible. I would be flexible. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a more is more capable of a three down role than Travis Etienne. Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. That already puts him at number six. So I'm not diminishing his talent. I'm not diminishing his skill set. I'm not saying that he can't be a fine, fine player, but I'm just saying monitor and watch that throughout the pre-draft process. Now let me give you my early top five freshman targets in 2020 Debbie drafts, players who probably were not drafted in your Debbie startups last year. I'm almost positive these guys weren't drafted. So these are players that you are going to want to acquire when your Debbie drafts happen next May or June, whenever you host them, make sure you write these names down. And I'm starting at the top with the signal caller, the quarterback, who I think is the top rated quarterback in the 2022 class. If you play in super flex leagues, make sure you get him as soon as possible because he looks like he is going to be an absolute stud. And that's University of North Carolina quarterback, Sam Howell. This kid, I mean, the game versus whoever UNC just beat, and I bet on that game and lost, um, he was just throwing absolute, it was a clinic, a clinic on ball placement. He, I mean, sideline throws, back shoulder fades. Sam Howell is so freaking good. 3,600 passing yards this year, 38 TDs, tw- uh, seven interceptions, 61% completion percentage, I mean, the kid has just got moxie. He almost pulled off a couple of big-time upsets this season. If you're in a super flex format, you need to draft Sam Howell. He is going to be a first-round pick and potentially the first quarterback selected in the 2022 class. I know a lot of you love Jaden Daniels. I think he's a good thrower of the ball. Jaden Daniels weighs as much as my two-year-old son. He has got to put on some weight. You are not cutting it at the next level at 170 pounds. It just, you can't perform at that level, at that size. Bo Nix, I know a lot of people love the Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix. I'm very high on Bo Nix as well. Sam Howell is a better passer than Bo Nix. Sam Howell has more natural throwing ability, more ball placement, more accuracy than Bo Nix does right now. If you're telling me I get Bo Nix or Sam Howell, it's no-brainer Sam Howell. Number two on my list is Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. They lost David Montgomery. They upgraded with Brees Hall. Fell just short of 900 rushing yards this season, but he showed everything that I needed to see to invest early Debbie draft capital in this running back. He's talented, can run the ball between the tackles, and he has shown well in the receiving game. Pretty sure he was not drafted in Debbie startups last year, but he will not last long in Debbie drafts this year. Grab Brees Hall. One of the more impressive true freshmen that I've seen play this season was Purdue wide receiver David Bell. It was supposed to be the Rondell Moore show this year. He got injured early, set out the season, smart for him, no need to risk his future potential at the next level. So in steps, true freshman, four-star recruit David Bell, over 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, seven TDs without Rondell Moore. He had 22.3% of the team's scrimmage yards as a true freshman. This is going to be a lethal lethal wide receiver core. Now they got to find somebody to deliver the ball, 
with David Bell as somebody, again, high Debbie draft capital next year. He's a first-round pick for me. I'm targeting him. I want him on my roster. He's smooth. He's big. He's talented. He's fast. He can make all the catches. David Bell is somebody you need to target in your Debbie drafts. All right, a guy that's a little bit under the radar because a lot of us do not watch the Boise State Broncos play football, but it's George Halani, the four-star running back recruit, had over 1,000 yards on the season and over 25 receptions, 5'11", 195 pounds. This kid is physical. He's got speed. He's got power. He can catch the ball. He just plays in the Mountain West Conference, and nobody watches Boise State play. They play too late. If you're on the East Coast, by the time that game's over, it's 2 a.m. at your house, so you're not watching the Boise State Broncos. But I'm telling you, this kid did not get drafted in Debbie drafts, and you may want to invest at least second or third round draft capital in this kid because he's a talented running back, and Boise State has a good track record of producing good running backs. You go back to Doug Martin, and then they've got players like Alexander Madison, you know, George J. Ajayi. They produce talented running backs at Boise. Hell, they produce talented players overall at Boise State on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. This is another one of those under-the-radar true freshmen who quietly became an All-American, but he is he is a rock star running back and somebody that is worth Debbie draft capital consideration. And the last guy I want to talk about you need to be targeting is University of Texas wide receiver Jake Smith. Now, I know I was big on Jake Smith coming into the season, and he didn't have the blow-up performance as a true freshman that I maybe thought he could have, but it was Devin DuVernay's team, and UT was a mess offensively. That's why they got rid of their offensive coordinator. In steps the passing coordinator from Ohio State. Can't pronounce his last name, but he's coming from that Ohio State offense to work with Sam Ellinger, to work with Jake Smith. And I believe your time to acquire Smith cheap, it's done after this summer because he had over 25 receptions this year, 200-something receiving yards, six TDs, also showed well in the return game. This kid is explosive. He is just learning the wide receiver position full-time, sort of split time between running back and wide receiver in high school. But this is your opportunity. I'm telling you now, this is your opportunity to get Jake Smith on the low because after the 2020 college football season starts up, it's a wrap. I mean, you're not going to be able to get him, I'm just going to say, relatively cheap. It, he is going to cost you, and he is a talented wide receiver prospect playing in a Power 5 conference. You want to get him. The University of Texas arrow is going up. Their offensive situation is going to get better, and Jake Smith is going to be a big part of the future plans of the Longhorns. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, man, that's it. That is it. We've come to the end of the show. Again, I'm so glad to be back and talking to you. I've got a lot of good things in store for this show, for the content that we're producing. We've got fantastic... I can't stress the the level and the quality of guests that I have lined up to talk to you this second season of the DDP during pre-draft process. I'm not going to give you any names. All I'm going to say is stay tuned. We are going to talk 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023. This early signing period, man, there's some recruits that just landed in some spots where I'm like, man, 
I cannot wait to see what this offense looks like next year. So again, we are going to take it slow. We are going to digest all of this information, and I'm going to give it to you. This is where you need to be to, to find out what you need in order to dominate your rookie drafts and your Debbie drafts. And if you enjoy the show, if you support the DDP movement, if you can, leave a rating and review on iTunes. We'll greatly appreciate it. Interact with me on Twitter. Send me questions. Tell me what you want to see. Most importantly, stay tuned because we are bringing heat, baby. Good to be back. Happy New Year. Prosperous 2020 to you all. Prepare. Listen. Dominate. DDP. You know what's next. Drop the music. <laughs>